Welcome to Interviews. Being an entrepreneur is the toughest job ever. There are no practical guidelines. So I created this podcast to help crack the entrepreneurship code. Join me every week as I invite entrepreneurs to share their stories, the practical tips and lessons they've learned along the way. Don't be the main bottleneck in your business. Subscribe now. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. Social Prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching, training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. Hi, welcome to Interviews. Being an entrepreneur may be the toughest job there is. To be and remain the best, entrepreneurs need to sharpen their skills, be disciplined, grow resilience, inspire others, and make fast decisions under constant pressure, exactly like professional athletes. But where professional athletes understand the importance of resting, to let their bodies and minds recover, it seems most entrepreneurs don't follow their example. I know a bunch like that. Now imagine what happens to professional athletes when they overtrain. They injure themselves and potentially ruin their careers. Well, that's exactly the same with entrepreneurs. When they overwork and forget to rest and relax, they burn out. In this special episode of interviews, we are going to focus on mindset. What is it? How can entrepreneurs build it? And more importantly, how to take care of it so you can go the long distance. To help me, I've invited three expert guests. From the Netherlands, Evelyn Van S, sparring partner, mentor, and coach for business owners and senior managers. She's the founder of Signature for Success and a published author. Be Relentlessly Yourself is her last book. Evelyn guides clients towards clarity on who they really are, what their purpose is, and how they can use their unique added value in their business and thrive from there. Hi, Evelyn. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. <laughs> Next, based in the UK, Andrew Miller is a multi-award coach and the founder of Business Enjoyment. His overall purpose is to bring joy back into business and create a movement where everyone is talking about enjoyment as the key measure of success rather than just sales and profits. Andrew also hosts the podcast, The Tingle Zone. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Laura, and uh, thanks for inviting us on and uh, arranging this special four-way interview. I'm really looking forward to the conversation and uh, seeing where it goes. Me too. And last but certainly not least, live from Cambodia, Joey Ra is a transformation executive and team coach. He is the founder of Cambodia Coaching Institute, which is the first coaching school in Cambodia. Joey hosts a podcast too called The Wholeness Show. He works with inspiring individuals wanting to live lives of purpose and satisfaction. Together with his clients, they break limiting mental and emotional patterns that may or may not have contributed to their success. Hello, Joey. Thank you for being here. Hi. Happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me on. 
Excellent. All right. Let's start. First question. What's the relationship between mind, body, and work? Evelyn, would you like to go first? Sure, I would be delighted to. Mind, body, and work, um, it's all one. And I think that's something that probably the others would agree with me, is that, um, and I think that's that's the key of, of being in business with your entire being, which is... Um, your, your, your head, your heart, and your gut feeling and your entire being in one. And I think that's one of the things that I have noticed in my practice being um, in this business for, for many years is that a lot of entrepreneurs are struggling into really bring that uniqueness in their business. And for me, that is really the answer to this question that you're asking about um, the relationship you're, with your your mind, body, and, 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 and work is to bring it all in together. So instead of really looking at what others do and looking at all the examples and getting frustrated about what people tell you to be doing, is to really go inward and to get to know yourself at a deeper level um, beyond ego and beyond personality and to bring that uniqueness in your business. And um, so I'm going to stick to that for now and let the others jump in and to add something to the conversation. <laughs> so, uh, All right, guys. I, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. I, and for me, I always say that, you know, the journey of business is the journey of self. Um, and, and we only really get to get good at business when we really, as you said, you know, dive down, understand who we are. And, and I think because business, we're putting it simply, business is actually quite straightforward. It's some very simple principles you need to have in place. You need to find a problem that people have, find a solution, uh, sell it for something more than it costs, uh, have a team around you that understand what they're doing. You, know, you can break it down into very simple things. The only thing that makes it complicated is the stuff that goes on in here and here and, <laughs> and all the rest of it. It's the internal stuff that causes the problems. So business is pretty simple. It's the people that are complicated. Um, and if we can you know as you say integrate ourselves into that and and make sure that we are flowing into that business then 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 we're you know my, that's when we're going to enjoy that's when we're going to get more a uh, better stronger and all the rest of it because we're we're integrated um but it shifts if, if when you're working by yourself then it's all about that and then, then the bigger the company the more it gets diluted and it takes on a different flavor and a different uh, nuance and I know Joe you work with a lot more with teams and things and larger organizations that would certainly be something I'd be interested to get your view on on that front but um, you know don't want to interrupt your <laughs> natural response as well no worries the one the word that stuck out to me in, in what you just said Andrew was integrated and and I really love that um, this is like even in Lauren's question like about the mind and and body like I love that people are now talking about the body a lot more um and so I, I see two things like work is what we do right we, we we do work and I love the focus on these days uh, an increasing awareness of but who are we being like who are we that is showing up to do the work and you know often in the entrepreneurial space we get people who are very attached to what they do and the work is their identity and one of the work I, I like to do is who are you like outside of work who are you like the work include uh, is included in who you are but you are something separate from what you do and 
in who you are, there is, we classically think of the mind, um, but I love that you bring the body into it because that is also a part of who we are, the mind and body. And as Evelyn said, like emotions, heart, soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I may comment on that, I, I love what you say about, you know, listening to your body, because I think that that's something that I see a lot. And I experienced myself in the past is that a lot of people still ignore these crucial signs that our body, body tells us about, you know, something that is going on. And, you know, we live in a time now where frequency is raising and a lot is happening. And it's some people that are very high sensitive can feel it literally in their body. And I'm, I'm an example of that. I can literally feel what is happening and I can sense it also with my clients. And I think that's something that you can learn. And that is also something if you bring that, these lessons learned into your business, that is so awesome. Because if you, you learn to listen to what your body is telling you, you'll find a lot of answers in that, in even how to make decisions. And um, for example, decision-making is, is something that a lot of people have to learn to find their own unique rhythm and way of decision-making. And that's where the body is extremely important. And I think that, especially here, you know, I live in the Netherlands. So in this Western part of Europe, we don't really learn in school how to really listen to our body. You know, we don't learn to meditate or to learn about these crucial lessons that we get to learn later in life and I guess it's the same in the UK I don't know how it is for you uh, Joey but it's probably some of the listeners will recognize it and I think that's the richness of this time that we're in right now I think that we're all you know as individuals but all as a collective are starting to you know to awaken more to listen to our bodies and I think that's awesome yeah <laughs> so. it's the same it's the same in France. Now that you're putting it that way, you know, we were never told about the importance of, of the body. And I, and I mentioned the, the professional athletes in my introduction because they learn about it. Mm. If, we look, if we look at the, uh, at the business and, and founders in particular, entrepreneurs, I mean, they work, 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 work. All of us, we love, we love working. This is our thing, right? But it's, we know because we've been through that uh, ourselves that it's not sustainable long-term. But however... It sounds so counterintuitive. We're like, we must work, 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 you know, at the expense of the body, of the body, otherwise we will never make it. Why? Why is that so counterintuitive? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, it's with, with any strength and any skill, it works brilliantly up to a certain point, and then it tips over and then it becomes a part of the problem that you're actually facing. I mean, I, I noticed it down in your introduction and you talked about resilience being one of the key attributes for an entrepreneur and you've got to have resilience. And there's, there's a whole um, cavalcade of abuse on people who aren't resilient and the whole snowflake generation and all this sort of stuff. But the, the trouble is when you just work on resilience and that's always there, it gets to a point when you are into the space of tolerating, of putting up with stuff, of, of battling stuff, when, when you really need to pull back and relax and ease and rest and all the rest of it. But we then start thinking, no, we must work hard. It must be, it's that industrial revolution mindset of nose to the grindstone, yeah. keep more hours, more hours, more productivity. So the thought of easing off suddenly makes you guilty because you're not working hard enough. And yet that's exactly the thing you need to do, but it starts tipping over into that danger point of, of creating the shadow of the, of the value it was originally. 
so feeling guilty. That's that's exactly how sometimes I feel. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I need to do my work. <laughs> you're guilty, guilty when you're working too much, guilty when you're not working enough. Joey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to add anything on top of that? No, I just, yeah, echo everything that Andrew said. Um, and the, the additional part is, is that particular guilt point. Um, so there is, like, it's good to be resilient. It's good to be able to push through. And, you know, it's good to achieve things, right? And have goals and meet those targets. Like, often I find that sometimes, like that desire even, um, if it's to make up for a lack of, I don't know, like self-worth or something, and they're trying to prove themselves, often that, that driver is often what leads to them not being able to stop. Because if they stop working, then who are they? If they stop working, then they're not worthy. If they stop working, then, you know, there's all this self-judgment. And yeah, that, that's what I'd like to add. Uh, the the to inner voice. You're talking about the inner voice, right? And all yeah. the stories yeah. we're creating, we're creating in, in our head. Yeah. And I think also a lot of people want to escape from that because that's when you really take on life and you really get to see what is underneath there. And I think that's the beauty of it. What I've actually myself, I've practiced quite a bit after my 20 year corporate world where I, you know, was always working long days and everything. And now I'm the best one at not working. But the thing is, is that while I'm not working, I'm actually being super productive because I'm working on my own development and I get the best ideas, the best insights, and I get to get myself in a situation where I can add most value to my customers. And I think that also, if you look at the comparison with people in a sports world, I think you don't even know how many hours they sleep. They sleep a lot. They take mm. a lot of rest. And we always think they are always on top of it. And that's not it. And I think that's the key to success, one of the huge keys to success is to learn to slow down even more than you think and to feel comfortable in slowing down and just doing nothing. But by doing nothing, you do a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just want to jump because there's somebody, I, I, I can't let claim uh, value for this, but this is somebody else I interviewed, but he reflected exactly what you said there, Evelyn. And his line was, um, you know, when I'm playing, that's when I'm working. And when I'm working, that's what I'm playing. And when you get into that mindset, you can think, yeah, <laughs> every day is a great day because I can either learn or I can get results, but either way, I'm, I'm having fun. That's, that's very, very interesting. I, one of my clients, uh, he, he made a post on LinkedIn recently where he was saying that uh, he's going to the gym uh, every day he works, he works out and he says that working out is part of his work. So is that is that what we are we are saying here? Is that not working is actually part of the work? Would that help entrepreneurs to work less? Absolutely, I think so. And 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 to start to feel really comfortable with it, taking your walk or taking your run or or working in the garden and 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 letting that creativity flow. That is part of work. And it's not that you're one person at work and you're a different person at home. No, it's all one. I started with that in the beginning and I think that's the beauty of it. And this sounds easy, but I know myself from you know my journey into when I started this business, this coaching business seven years ago, is that this took me a while. Um, but give yourself some time to, to be a master at it where you feel completely comfortable and just, you know, 
to plan complete days off where you just do things that nurture yourself and your soul. And, and indeed, you know, sports could be part of that, but then also not doing things in a forced way, because some people say, I have to meditate every day. I have to write every single day, or I have to do this and that. It's just, and I think that's also part of, you know, our, our ego that wants to control, but it's a matter of letting go of the control. <laughs> and that's exciting because then you don't know what is happening, but it's just what life is all about. Yeah. And if you, if you can get to that stage of realizing that there's absolutely nothing in life that you have to do. Nothing. There's nothing you have to do. Every sentence which starts, I have to, must do, should do, then comes up with a conditional afterwards that you introduce it. So I have to do this in order to do something, but that something is always a choice. So yeah, it's always maybe, choice. maybe only breathing. Breathing is one thing. Only, <laughs> only, only if you want to live, and let's face facts. <laughs> Not everybody wants to, but I choose to live, and therefore I have to breathe in order to. So it's still a choice to live. I'm being, I, I, you know, it's, but it's... Yeah, so it does break down even to that level. Joey, any thoughts? Oh, I love everything that um, Evelyn and Andrew said already. Like, when you pose the question, like, you know, the resting is part of work. Yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. In order to do the work, you do need to rest. Um, And often what I want to go with some of my clients is, like, even taking it beyond work, as Andrew said, there's nothing you have to do, taking it beyond, like you have to do this work um, and to just help them to be like, and to maybe this is to Evelyn's point as well. Like, what are you enjoying? What is it to just exist? If you didn't have to work, if you didn't have to do anything. (laughs) And so part of the homework is sometimes um, just to spend days doing nothing and that's really hard for people because it's uncomfortable because we're conditioned to do things so that we feel productive so that we get a sense of self-worth to get clients to face like (laughs) the anxiety of you know oh my god maybe (laughs) i'm not doing anything am i worthless and to get comfortable in this feeling yeah um, it's sometimes the homework i set yeah i've I've set myself that mission for this chris i'm quite it's been a, a a tiring year for various reasons and I've set myself a mission for this Christmas break to get bored. <laughs> I want to get to the point where I'm like, okay, that's out of the way. And now I want to get back in and do the things I want to do because I've got through that phase of lounging around and doing the nothing and, and letting mm-hmm. it out of the way. And then the drive comes naturally because we are driven naturally, positively. Yeah. And, and to your point, Joy, about uh, the difficulty sometimes to, to take a rest, we often ask ourselves, but what if? I mean, I have the, the example of a client. I've been fighting with him to, so, to force him to take, a, to take a rest, you know, to go on vacation for two weeks. It's been so difficult because he's always like, but what if, what if, what if I go on vacation and something happens? Do you, do you see that also as, a, as a, you know, one of the negative patterns uh, among entrepreneurs? Too many questions, maybe? No. <laughs> no. Being polite. <laughs> letting other people jump in first <laughs> i think what you're talking about is a, is, a, is a little bit about the fear of missing out and i think i do see that but what i see a lot in in um is that p- 
people, especially entrepreneurs, they do a lot of things are on social media and they post and they send their newsletters and they do all these things, but they don't really do it from heart and soul because they feel like they have to do something. They have to take certain steps to, to either build their list or to get more clients or do things. And I think that's really where it all comes down to getting to that core being and to really follow your own inner compass. And I think that's the most challenging that I see in entrepreneurs. And that's the journey, you know, that I'm, I've been in for many years myself is to really trust and to find that deeper trust within and to do things. And I think that's something Andrew mentioned earlier about um, the joy to really follow that fire and that passion within and that joy within and to trust that if you are on that journey journey and I think Joey is also working with purpose is where you really find that deeper purpose within yourself and it's not something where you only make money with no your purpose is really something bigger something higher that is applicable to every aspect in life is once you get a grip on that and you do that that is where you really start to feel that relaxation and where you start to feel like it's all okay. And you don't have to rush, you know, and I think it's the more we tend to chase things is the more it will probably get away from us instead of really, you know, finding that deeper feeling that it's, it's all okay. And to be in an enjoyment of the here and now, because life is now it's a conversation that we're having with the four of us. There's nothing else than this, and if we're not enjoying this and if we're busy with the groceries that we need to get or, you know, whatever other meetings we have, we, we take the pleasure of being in the present. And that, that's, these are all just examples of what I see that many entrepreneurs are still struggling with, even they're in business for so many years. So that's, that's something I wanted to share. And it's, 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 and it's getting the balance right in various areas as well, because I mean, I'm not a fan of social media, but but I spent a period of time doing a lot of work on social media to see if I can understand it, see if I liked it, see if I enjoyed it, and then made a decision that I didn't want to stay on social media. So you've got to got to give these things a go. And I think the for me, the the entrepreneurial mindset is one of an experimental one, trying different things and seeing how it works. Give it a go. Oh, it's yes, it worked. I like that. Do more of that. It's not working. Well, we'll do less of that or we'll change it and try and find it a more of an enjoyable way. And, and even to the sense of purpose, which is a, I totally agree with you. For me, that's the huge fundamental point of, for me in business enjoyment, when you get connected to that thing and what you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing and it really speaks to your heart. That's where enjoyment is a consequence of it. But we can then put ourselves under pressure on having to find purpose if we're not careful. So again, it needs to be relaxing and, and allow it to come and removing attachment to things. Uh, you know, because it's the old Buddhist concept of of of, of, uh, of of pain comes from attachment, and when we we let go of these things, and exactly as you say, Evelyn, you know, we just be and allow the stuff to flow, then we get, and 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 make decisions based on what feels right in the moment for what feels right. Then we can navigate our way in a much more pleasurable way. But we still want to try things. <laughs> What's coming up for me as I hear both of you speak is um, I've once heard it heard this talked about about leadership. You get reactive leadership and then moving away from reactive leadership to creative leadership. I think it's by Bob Anderson Leadership Circle. Um, but what I like about that is like, it's not bad to be reactive, but often I find that a lot of people are in reactive mode. And so you know, fear of missing out and then you react to that or you know, putting out fires all the time. This is how a lot of leaders operate because they feel they have to 
do something. It's, it's, it's fear-driven um, and, and creating space and so that they, it, things can come from a, like a creative space, uh, a more spacious place, I think. Mm. I think serves yeah. people well. And I think what you, you're saying, Joey, is the creating space is really in line with what Andrew just said about letting go of attachment. And I love that because what I've also been doing recently is really uh, literally decluttering from all stuff, even books that are not as much of value to me anymore, and just literally cleaning up energy and space with the stuff that you're actually not that much attached to is so right, liberating. So, so great. This is a great transition to my next question because, <laughs> because I want to be a bit practical. <laughs> so we're talking about, you know, letting go, finding, finding your purpose, uh, et cetera, be in the flow, be in the present moment. Great. I'm sure everybody will agree with you that this is all the great stuff, but how do you do that? <laughs> don't tell me, hire a coach. Well, no, you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, thank you. I think this, I, and I love it to, to make it really specific for people. And as I said, you know, you could do this about, you know, literally asking yourself the questions, the question about in your own house. Now, what is really of value to you? Imagine if you would have like a 10 second to grab something in your house that is really valuable. For me, to be very honest, it's not that much in my house that I would really, really take because there is a lot that I just, you know, I could get rid of. And that's, and by cleaning up, and that's also something you could do in your business is by just cleaning up, literally gives space, gives, op opens up for, for new things to enter in your world. And I think it's often we, think we're very attached to things but actually if you ask yourself it's not mm. so I think this is also something is that if you do this um, in many ways in your life it will have a positive effect on you in your business life when I moved when I moved out from Cambodia to Finland two and a half years ago soon I had to make choice. I had to leave a lot of stuff a lot of stuff behind me because I was limited by the number of uh, suitcases and like you say, it's very liberating because I was, I, I, I realized I was attached to a lot of stuff, which, you know, it was part of my, my story, the story that I lived before. And now I came to Finland, I wanted to create a new story. So, uh, you know, it made complete sense for me to let go. Oh, that's about five, six years ago. Can't remember now. That sort of era. era. My, my office had got messy and cluttered as these mm. things do and all this bit. And I think it was a, over an Easter. I said, right, that's it. I'm going to I'm gonna do exactly what you said. I'm going to clear everything out. Everything's going to be tidy. And after two, three days of full work, I binned a load of stuff. My bookcase was nice and filed neat. And my file, everything was beautiful and clean and tidy and everything. And I thought, right, now I've, I've got rid of all this clutter. Let's see what happens in my life. And in the next six, six to eight weeks, I cleared out all of my clients. I literally went from like 10, 15 clients to none. Genuine reasons, come to the end of a program, whatever it might be, there was no whatever, but just cleared it out. And then years later, looking back, actually what it was doing, it ended up being a sh something that changed my direction completely and got me closer to my purpose. I'd gone, eventually gone down a good path, but not the right path. And I needed a backtrack shift and move in a slightly different direction. But at the time, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I went, ah! <laughs> but actually, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It, it led me to a path where I realized actually I was not quite in the right space. I needed to shift direction. But it, letting let go of your clients. 
had to let go of my clients in order yeah, to do. Yeah. Joy? Yeah, I mean, there's so many distractions that we have in life and in business that, that we cling to. Um, and as, as you do this um, exercise that Evelyn suggested, you know, practicing clearing, like I'd invite the listeners to just notice how your body's feeling because like attachment is a real thing. And what you'll start to recognize is what does attachment feel like? What does true desire feel like? And they will feel different. It won't be easy to get rid of things that you're attached to because it will be fear-based, reactive, clinging on. And so that will be a good indicator when you develop the muscle to be able to recognize like when am I coming from like a desire state, something that I want to create in my life? When am I coming from like an attached state, uh, like fear and patterns? Um, and and, I, and just combining a couple of things there as well from what other people said, I, I, my, my tip would also to be uh, let go of an attachment to finding answers and just sit with the questions. So just be aware that the stresses that we hold, the pressures we can build can come out in our body in some way, shape or form. Just be aware that things don't have to be the way that we are told that they have to be and just get into question mode. Does this have to be like this? Maybe this is having an impact. What's going on for me? Who am I? <laughs> what really matters? Just sit with the questions and let the answers flow in their own time, but step away from having to find an answer. What I loved about your example, Andrew, what you just said about when you were really literally cleaning up your office that your clients disappeared, <laughs> is that I know that, you know, for many of us, that will be a time to almost panic or like, oh, what is happening? But then to see that sometimes life just gives you time to take more time for yourself and to relax and to see things. And that's the beauty, I think, of entrepreneurship. I've been an entrepreneur for almost over 15 years now and that it's always a time of peaks and 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 when it calms down a bit and I think that's the beauty of it because that allows us if I compare that to the corporate world it was just always the peak because there was never a time to relax and to slow down and I think that's the beauty of the work that we do and I can say we because I can yeah I can feel that it's probably the same for for the three of you is that we have these, you know, these how these frequencies go and to see it as a gift. And you have to open up yourself and train yourself to be comfortable in every cycle of it and not to panic. And I think, Andrew, that was a wonderful example that you gave. And uh, you must have experienced that. It was a moment, yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, a lot of people have been at business meetings and read books and seen talks. And everyone talks about entrepreneurship being a roller coaster ride mapping the model that you're talking about there but when people talk about a roller coaster ride they're kind of getting it wrong because they imply that that this is good and this is bad but exactly as you've talked to if, if you actually enjoy roller coasters the fun there's anticipation as you go up and fun as you go down the, the point where that gets stops being interesting is when it ends <laughs> So exactly as you speak to, let's enjoy the roller coaster ride, enjoy the ups and the downs and the flows and the fast bits and the slow bits. So when we get off, it gets boring. <laughs> Interesting. I like it. Never thought about that. Nice. Uh, any anything else that you know business funders should do more or less of? Yeah, I think one one more thing that I was thinking about is that, and I might have mentioned it briefly um, earlier, uh, is that 
to stop really looking at what others do, but just to really focus on your own journey. Because I see that as a huge point of frustration with many entrepreneurs that they they keep on looking at what others do. And some of them even say, you know, I'm going to cut myself off from social media. And then I still see them do the postings daily. And I know that it's not from their heart, but it's because they have a feeling that they have to stick in that social media schedule of posting and they still do it, but they just don't allow themselves to just let go of it. So, um, because, and, and, and also having the feeling that others always do it better or more successful. And believe me, it's success is nothing if you don't have that feeling of fulfillment. And a lot of people there out there make money, but they're extremely unhappy. I have some people in my practice that make money, but are not happy at all. So stop looking at it and making the picture outside of, you know, yourself uh, as ideal, but focus on your own journey. And, and, and it's something I wanted to add to it. Good point. It's about you. It's not about them. It's your journey. And actually enjoy the journey, not the destination. <laughs> and it's, and it's the attachment. The destination is an attachment yeah. to a particular point in time. Whereas it's exactly as you say, it's the destiny, it's the journey that counts. You enjoy the moment. And, yeah. and, the, and go with the gut and, in, and what, what, what you enjoy, then, we all, know, we all know what the destination is. It's a box. It's the end of the roller coaster. It's the end of the roller coaster that you That's just said, Andrew. The destination is a box six feet under. We all know that. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you earn in the in the meantime. There's no prize at the end. <laughs> That's true. Joe, you want to add anything? No, no. Well, let, let me let me ask you a question then, because one of you said we should ask ourselves better questions. What is your favorite question? You know, to ask question. ourselves or to ask our clients? To, to ask yourself or to ask clients. One that, you know, really works. No. I was thinking no. now. <laughs> yeah. That big... question, that's a good one. <laughs> well, I can, tell, I can tell you mine. What are you waiting for? That's my favorite question. Mm. Because usually when you ask that question, the answer is, uh, that's a great question. Nothing. <laughs> yeah and I, I i would love to add another one because I, what i always love and i usually when i knew meet new people i ask them what's your story and i love that question because that really shows in what kind of you know mood people are if they're really stuck in their head and they you know tell what their resume is and, you know or, or or if they really share their story so I love that question. You always get, usually get good conversations when you ask that question to people and you really get a feeling of what is going on in, in, in that person that you're talking with. And then uh, another simple question, which is, was, we were told not to use in coaching training, but I still think it's a good one, is just simply why. And that can go in a number of different directions. You can phrase it in different ways, but ultimately oh, I'm going to do this. Think, okay, well, why? What's the benefit? Who benefits? What, what's a good, why do it? It's the question I'm sitting with right now, Andrew, for my own self. Why over the Christmas period? <laughs> what about being on this podcast? Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> why am I here? <laughs> no. I, so I've got one for my clients. Um, initially, I was going to say, you know, what are you afraid of right now? But I think even wider than that, it's like, what, what's going on for you right now? 
like what is and maybe it's similar to what Evelyn was trying to do with her question but like what what is your state um what is going on for you right now to increase their awareness of awareness of the present like where are they responding or reacting from like what are the fears what are the desires what's their state right now rather than thinking you know what's next or um whatever's in their heads like just what's here amazing uh one of the things we haven't talked about is entrepreneurs as you know they deal with a lot of pressure they have to make constant decisions super fast but also there is the there is failure every entrepreneurs will fail for sure that is 100% guarantee now the problem is well the the the, the real issue is how you deal with failure so here's the question for you how to deal with failure celebrate it hmm. We talk about celebrate your successes, but you should celebrate your failures because there is no failure, really. You, you're always going to learn something from it. I just, for people that don't mean my background is I used to work in uh, my corporate back days. I was an insolvency practitioner. I'd work with companies that went bust. And when I first started up with coaching, it was helping those people whose businesses had failed, help them deal with the emotional <laughs> stress that comes attached with it. Um, and... <laughs> No one died. You know, it was stressful, but they all came back stronger and they all came back wiser and they, they, they were them. The, the, the business is just a context. The, the things they tried were just a, a, a things that they tried. They didn't change. Back to Joey's point about being, there's still an individual who's got skills and abilities and they can take that and put it somewhere else. And all we're doing is learning as we go through. And, um, Every mistake we make is an opportunity to learn, to move forward, to do things better. That's all it is. I love that yes, what you're and... saying. Oh, sorry. No, no, um, no, no I, I just wanted to do a yes and to what Andrew was saying, because I think um, what, what I would add would go complement quite nicely with that. Just yes, remember that, that you, know, you are bigger than your business, that you can celebrate the failures. And what I found particularly helpful for me was... Um, to learn to, because quite a lot of my clients are, you know, go-getters and they they bounce back. But what they often pause, um, miss out doing is to pause and literally sit with the grief and whatever negative emotions might be present in failure. Because um, I'm definitely all for, yeah, this is, you know, there is no such thing as failure, we can learn from it. And in when failure strikes, when, when we fail to achieve something, there is grief, there is sadness. And I'm all for not suppressing that, to be present to it, to feel it, um, so that we can move on cleanly to our next opportunity to look at what gifts are here or what gifts we want to derive from the situation. But I think we do need to learn to sit with the grief and the sadness and to allow space for that, because that might be what's present. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, what you say. Actually, I even write about this in my book, and that, that's I think that's the beauty of it, is to learn to frame it differently that these mistakes are not or you know that they're not bad but that you can really be gentle with yourself that this is human and that's you know I think Andrew mentioned this earlier about that's what you know what entrepreneurship is all about you do things that work that don't work and just to be okay with it because the only lesson learned that you can draw from it is by being okay with it and not looking back at it and especially not self-criticizing about what you might have 
could have done differently because in that moment you made a decision because you thought in that moment that that was the best thing to do. And I think that once you, you know, you're more gentle with yourself, then you can move on and you can really take your lessons learned from it. And that's what Joey just said about really taking some time to take it in and to reflect on it and to learn from it. And maybe, you know, you, it's okay to be a little bit sad about something that didn't work out exactly, but once you turn it around and bring it in, into a more positive frame, then then that's really how you can, you know, take the best out of these so-called mistakes. <laughs> and again, that, that reflection and noticing the pain and where that pain's coming from is an opportunity to ask questions, to understand more about ourselves, how we work. Why, why, why is there pain? I mean, I think for me, there's, there's, it goes back to what you said right at the beginning, Jerry, about the fact that that um, people can be driven from a negative space effectively. And, and, and part of our mission is to try and turn that around and be driven by a positive uh, drive. But for me, there's only three, basically three things that drive most entrepreneurs. Uh, a fear of not having enough, a fear of not being enough, or a fear of not being accepted. Brought, you know, stretches out from that, but the core of it, one of those three things. So when we when we fail, what's actually being impacted on? Have we, have we lost money? Have we have we lost ego and standing? Uh, have we been rejected by society? What what is it that's creating that pain within us? And by asking those sort of questions, we start understanding who we are, what drives us, what motivates us, what moves us, and therefore can help us steer forward in a different pattern. So let me uh, uh, move to topic. Something I would like to talk about. Uh, you mentioned the word ego, Andrew. A lot of entrepreneurs that I know, they have big egos, but that's also a good thing uh, because it helps them uh, get uh, things done. Uh, but, you know, as leaders, often there is this uh, sense that or this feeling that you must be strong. You must be seen as someone strong. You're an entrepreneur after all, you know, you're building stuff. And so here's my question. Is it OK or not OK to show you are vulnerable? when you are a business funder and why? Joey, I'm gonna to turn to you first. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worthwhile getting the definitions, um, getting aligned on that first, because what does it mean to be strong? What does it mean to show weakness? Because I'm thinking, for example, if a company is in crisis and you're at the top and you, know, you have all these things in your head, you have doubts, maybe you wanna sit in a corner and cry, is it appropriate for a leader then to, you know, in the office, go to a corner and cry? I'm just going to throw some questions. Um, or is it more appropriate to, you know, put that armor on, pretend you aren't wounded and, you know, this is, this is an opportunity. We, we're going to bounce back from this harder and, you know, everything is great. Or is there a space for, you know, maybe both where, you know, I recognize this is tough, you know, I'm struggling too, and I'm here with you and we're gonna get through this together. And I, you know, what is vulnerability? What is strength? I, I don't know, but I often put these scenarios up. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, brilliant questions. And I'm totally, because there's, there's certain buzzwords that go around the, sort of the, the social media community, the coaching community, and uh, I think they get overused. So vulnerability, authenticity, gratitude, uh, abundance, all these are really fantastic things, but they, they can get captured and, and, and 
taken away from what they're, they're trying to mean. And I think there's a, uh, again, comes back to that have to, you have to show vulnerability in order to be strong and all this sort of stuff. But I think it's, it's, it's an art form. And the, the trap is when you are only in one state and you have to be strong and can show no weakness and show, you know, blah, 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 can only be this way. Whereas if you have the ability to play in different spaces, sometimes be put the armor on and be strong, sometimes show what's really going on with the side, sometimes, you know, whatever it needs to be, um, telling, you know, the, the real inner truth. Um, and then it becomes, uh, say, that art form of trying to work out what to use and when, you, you, which means there's no absolute answer to your question. <laughs> the answer is going to be, it depends. But if, if we ourselves can get to a position where we are flexible and able to use different skills and resources and sit with the knowledge that doesn't matter what happens, we'll probably be okay, or we will be okay, then we are in a position where we can use everything and take people forward with us in a positive and, uh, and motivating way. And I think we can apply different uh, styles of leadership um, in, in, in a position that we have without losing our, our true being in it. Because a lot of people think that, you know, authentic leadership is the same as, you know, being more a direct or more supportive or more um, whatever style of leadership, but you can still bring your authenticity in different situations, whatever style is needed. And I think that's where you feel more comfortable is that what I've noticed in my practice is that my clients, um, you know, when I write something either in a newsletter or even in my book, I share some stories that are, 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 are personal, that are close to me. People love that because then they feel like, yes, because that's, being human, being vulnerable, being you, being unique, um, that's where you feel the connection. And that's where people feel like, because no one, you know, perfection is an illusion. There is no one out there that has his, his or her complete act together, because that's what life is all about. You know, we're all here on a journey in life to constantly learn, to constantly grow, to constantly reflect. Because if I look back at myself five years ago, I knew back then, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd quite cried some growth and spirituality and I thought but you know look at me now but I'm probably going to be five years from now I'm even going to be different than I am today and that's okay you know and it's but it's constantly learning and growing and not be afraid of it because and I think that's where the ego is is that once you get stuck in that ego that's where you're judging yourself. And I think that's the beauty of it is that because we were talking about slowing down and taking the space, because I think that allows you to become the observer of yourself and to see when you're stuck in your ego and when you're really following your heart. And I think that's something you cannot do if you're constantly racing and you're constantly chasing and then, you know, and the, as with the metaphor of people in the sports world, then you'll get injuries, then you'll, you know, you, you'll tore your muscles or whatever, tear your muscles, something will happen. And that, that's the same with entrepreneurs. So learn to become the observer and to see, because if you're stuck in thoughts of self-doubt or anxiety or fear, that's not you, because that's part of the ego, because your spirit doesn't know fear. I don't know um, what you say after that. <laughs> um, uh, and just type, yeah. I, I just want to tie it back to 
tied to the original question about vulnerability. So I think, yeah, being authentic and by authentic, like relentlessly yourself. Um, and, and that means not coming from this reactive place. So from this attachment to ego. So if you find yourself, there is no right way to be, no right way to lead, but you can observe your own behaviors and ask yourself, like, am I coming from a resourceful place? Am I coming from a, like a, like an automatic reactive place or, or a fear place? Um, yeah, and as a leader, you take responsibility for the impact that you have um, by the actions you take. Um, and I think the, my encouragement would be just keep for leaders, just keep your heart open. Because um, I think when we get afraid, we can, or when crisis is, we can shut our heart down and stop feeling. And I, I think that's where the ego takes over, or that's where the um, less creative leadership happens. And as we know, you know, stress, the, the, the natural physical reaction to stress is to shut down our, our thinking cells. It's, it puts us into, we've only got some simple solutions, run off height and all that kind of thing. Um, so the more stress we're under, the harder it is for us to think. And as you've alluded to, it's a case of it's not just thinking with the head, it's thinking with all parts of the body and getting into that space of let's step away from the uh, from the stress, get ourselves into a quiet space, sit and be comfortable with within self and see what crops up, see what direction manifests itself and presents itself to you and then feel if that's right or not and take and take action. So. It's time to wrap up this conversation. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it was fascinating. Now, uh, again, let's be a bit concrete. Um, what is the one recommendation you would give to the entrepreneurs or the business funders out there? You know, that, that first step they should do to help build the mindset. Yeah. Shall I go first? Go on, go on. <laughs> well, and I, I think is that... Um... Do not be afraid to jump, but just go ahead and do it. Take some risk uh, and, and especially um, invest in yourself because a lot of people are still very much focused on investing in a lot of things, but the least they invest in is really themselves. And if I look back at myself, and I think that the huge investments I did from the beginning of my entrepreneurship in really in myself where in the past I've done so many things that are more on the skills and on the more generic leadership skills uh, side is that that investment is the best payoff for you to, um, to get into that flow of really growth, not only as a person, but as a spin-off to your business. With that, I would, I would say I'm going to echo something again, something one of my, uh, one of the members of my uh, group said um, just this month, actually, about where she, she's quite new in business and um, she'd sort of been struggling and getting stressful. And um, um, we'd been, um, she'd been coming to quite a while. But then, uh, where is she now? What's going on? And she said, Do you know what? I've stopped taking business so seriously. <laughs> That's a good word. Yes. And going, and, and you know, there's a serious element to it, but it goes back to that, that conversation at the end. She thought, Have fun. Try stuff, give stuff a go. If it doesn't work, doesn't work, but give something else a go. We've got to do enough to keep things alive and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, particularly with an entrepreneur, we are building a business which is based around building our life. We've got full carte blanche to do whatever we want. So build something that's fun. Yeah. 
one recommendation to help build mindset. I think I'll, I'll go with this one. Um, take moments in the day to just pause and just notice what state you're in. Notice how your body's feeling and just pause and pay exquisite attention to that because this is going to help, you know, befriend your body. So it's going to help you calm your like monkey mind down. It will, it, it affects your brain activity. If you want to do mindfulness, you can do that, but really pay attention to your body and take moments. Um, that will, I think, increase your capacity to be more aware of yourself. And that in turn will help you build your mindsets. Excellent. I'm going to add mine because nobody talked about it. <laughs> so I'm going to bring my piece. I would recommend to start journaling. This is something that has helped me a lot, especially because I'm, uh, I'm very emotional. And so I needed to find a way to vent out. And instead of venting out on my uh, partners, <laughs> the people around me, I was venting out in my journal. That really, really helped me. Beautiful. <laughs> Great. Well, it's the end of this conversation. Thank you very much uh, to the three of you. So one last question uh, to each one of you. Where can people, what is the best way for people to reach out to you? Evelyn? Yes. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm on, um, on my website, actually, evelynvans.com. Um, um, and I'm also on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and, and at Facebook. And, um, and, and be relentlessly yourself. If you Google on it, I'm available on every um, Amazon or whatever. And so uh, easy to find online. So I'd be happy to connect with any listeners. Nice. Andrew? Uh, LinkedIn is probably our main social media platform, but uh, Andrew Miller is not the rarest name on the planet. So, uh, yeah, go to my website, which is businessenjoyment.com, and uh, everything you need there. Excellent. Joy? Um, my name is more unique. You can find me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, I have a website, um, www.joeyra.com, um, but I'm generally most responsive. On, on Instagram um, at Joey Ra. So you can find me there. But I also have, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and all of that stuff as well. Excellent. Well, again, thank you to the three of you. I really enjoyed this uh, conversation. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Really great. And thank you all for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback. Reach out to me by email or via social media and let me know what your favorite part of this episode was. See you next time. Bye-bye.